Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Jonah. I'm Brad. And together we are the Going Off Track Introductory Crew, bringing you intros and outros for all Going Off Track episodes. Yes. Chances are you're fast forwarding right past this. (laughs) Um, But if not, thank you for listening to us. Thank you very much. We are um, enjoying a beautiful day in Brooklyn. Um, It is pretty beautiful. I went to yoga, then came here, then went to therapy. Then came back here. I feel like I've been here. I come here a lot. You've been spending. So Jonah's, you know, we've been doing this podcast out of here for like four years or four and a half years, something like that. Um, And Jonah's been here for, I guess, just about every single one. Yeah. Maybe missed like two or three. In the beginning, we had a bigger crew. We had four hosts sitting in this room with one poor guest surrounded by (laughs) that got whittled down to three. You know, and then Steven disappeared into the ain't <laughs> New Jersey. Into New Jersey. He's in New Jersey somewhere. Um he sometimes shows up he on this, sometimes still shows on up this electronic device. Virtually. But uh you know, Jonah, you've been here through them all pretty much. So Yeah. And I like coming here. It's it's a nice home base for me. But now and that was pretty much the only time you came, but right. now i I definitely I definitely see you more. Well, I just feel like when you're not doing a podcast. Here's what happens: I started going to this new yoga studio, <laughs> Moto Yoga. Shout out to it, and it's and I feel like I've been doing so many podcasts that like I live kind of far out now. So it's like I'll go to yoga and then I'll be like, ugh, I have two hours to kill, and then I have to like I don't want to go all the way back home and then back out. It's the best place, to and hang. it's like cool you've got here. an office. I've got an office. People I, know your name. People know me. There's <laughs> Wi-Fi. There's coffee. There's Brad and Ben. All the you know. Tony, Aaron, Stumptown, Stumptown, Stumptown. We need to prop them more because they just drop it off for us. Yeah, Stumptown. Especially props to my friend Adam, who physically drops it off from Stumptown. Good for him. Who is is an excellent drummer. Um, And yeah, so uh, so yeah, I've just been coming here to hang. It's great. It's good. I always come here and bring my computer and think I'm going to get so much work done, and then end up talking about just like (laughs) (laughs) random stuff for like an hour and getting no work done. It's not that random. It's usually oriented it's usually band oriented although not always but then yesterday i like went here and then my friend scott also shout out to scott uh works at the bagel store up the street so then i ended up talking to, with him about quicksand for a half an hour getting a bagel <laughs> it's just brooklyn stuff dudes hey man um speaking of <laughs> people who not only don't live in brooklyn but are canadian <laughs> how's that for a transition is that what we were talking about yeah 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 totally that's what we're talking about uh, today on the podcast, we have um, Mishway uh, from White Lung, and uh, I didn't know, I had actually never talked to Mish before this podcast, but uh, this podcast was guest hosted by Dan Ozzy, and he has been talking about getting Mish on the podcast for a long time, because he's, he's friends with her, he's a fan of the band, and he thought she would be great, and while Dan is usually wrong about everything, in this case, he was right, <laughs> and she was great, and... Uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. Um, it's pretty rich. It's pretty rich. We talk about Canada. We talk about, I think, like maybe gender stuff. We talk about rock and roll. We talk about 
I can't really remember, to be totally honest. But you can listen. Yeah, why am I like recapping? <laughs> I'm doing a, like a bad recap when you literally can listen to the actual conversation. And hopefully well. Hopefully and hopefully not- you will. <laughs> hopefully you're not just listening for this intro because you're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> um, so you know what? I'm going to shut up. Brad, are you cool shutting up? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I'm to say. And um, let's, thanks to Dan for hosting this. And let's listen to White Lungs Mishway. What's up, Dan? Nothing. Thanks for letting us, uh, thanks for having Mish. Of course. Yeah. You have interesting well, Dan, people. Dan's going to be my spokesperson. Yeah. Thanks well, Dan's, for having Mish. Dan's wanted you to come on for so long. And Dan never really brings guests on. And Dan, he's, he's a good advocate. I don't find yeah. anybody interesting. Yeah. So, so how do you guys know each other? I'm a fan of her band. Oh, and then also we, we were on a tour together, uh, briefly on the West Coast when yeah. Mish was, uh, Mish was opening for Refuse. White Lung was opening for Refuse. Yeah. And I was just like tailing Refuse for a week. Oh, um, right. And so like whatever I was doing, I would just stop and make it a point to watch White Lung. Because <laughs> they are like one... You know when you can like watch a band every night and like, yeah, I would just sign up for that every single night. Aww, I could watch White Lung. thank you. Would you watch Refuse every night? Uh, I guess you had to see right I did. I did have to. I mean, Refuse are super interesting. but They're very I, good live. Yeah. Even a, if you don't care for the music, yeah. they're so entertaining and acrobatic, and Dennis is just all I, over the place, so... I actually didn't care for that new record that much, but I like the songs live. Yeah. But there's some crossover there, because we were talking about... Um, like, I think Dennis probably admired, like your on stage style because you have yeah. a very distinct like stage like presence jersey shore bitch in the fight <laughs> right thing. like pissed yeah. off jersey girl yeah i i really well dennis also said this really this very funny thing and, and also they're all sweet so it's yeah, so right, easy right. to fuck with them <laughs> and um he said this thing to us where he's like oh yeah i was trying to bring like girl bands on tour because we don't want to tour with bros and i was like oh you think we need charity you think we need your help and like just messing <laughs> yeah, with yeah, him yeah. and he was like, uh, 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 and i was like come on dude this is this is my favorite favorite thing about mish is that like it's this is i feel like one of the reasons that i wanted you to come on is because jonah and i off offline uh spend a lot of time talking about uh feminism and women's issues but it it sometimes feels like two cis bros who are like well how can we help you don't like, have to say sis okay two bros i'm not politically <laughs> correct about, i don't need any of the talking about feminism mm-hmm and but it's me funny and Dan are both really muscular. I'm sure, sure. Dan's. I know. <laughs> but we're always like, how, like, sometimes we feel like, oh, we have opinions and they might be generally right. But, like, it sometimes feels weird for, like, dudes to voice yeah. opinions on feminism. But I, I like your, I always like your writings and, and thank you. And whatnot. I hate the whole, oh, there's this, I, I how do I word this properly? Just enough with the negativity towards men. It drives me bananas. And I think that feminism has taken a really bad turn where it's become about clickbait and tweets and not reading past a headline and people not actually having debates anymore and just this progressive blanket that is taking everything over. And my heroes are like Christina Hoff Summers, Camille Paglia, these, you know, kind of writers that a lot of people go, Ugh. I don't know. You can say whatever you want. We're all supposed to be in a conversation. It drives me nuts when people are like, shut up. I know. It, it, is, it is hard to, because, yeah, you don't want to offend anyone. Then you, you're like, well, I think, and they're like, stay in your lane. <laughs> right. And I'm like, right. okay, what's my lane? <laughs> like, what am well, like, what? Yeah, what well, no one should be able to tell you what your lane is. Right. Like, you're uh, free speech. Isn't that a thing? Right. Isn't that something we pride ourselves on? Are we supposed to have a conversation? Why does everyone have to get their feelings hurt by everything? Yeah. It I didn't think used to I, be I that was way. Thinking about what you said though, with uh, the idea of it being clickbait, because I feel like in general, every genre, like every form of entertainment that has a website for it, is falling suffering is suffering to like the clickbait mm-hmm. hole. So for music, you know, yeah, it kind of sucks because it goes down the hole of like, oh man, Kanye West tweeted something. We better post that, and it's like, oh, that's <sighs> shitty internet content. But it's kind of harmless. He's but an when idiot. it applies to like feminism and it's like oh we can get clicks by attacking people mm-hmm. that to me is is dangerous the thing for me that that bothers me um it's just i you know i spent thousands of dollars in six years of my life 
studying something feminist education, feminist philosophy when it wasn't the pendulum had not swung the other way. It wasn't cool. My grandmother, who's a lawyer, was like, that's what you're going to say, you know? And so to see something that I invested so heavily in reduced to a Spice Girl rah-rah-rah cheer and, and to have a lot of people not think past a certain point makes me very upset. And I'm just glad I'm not in college right now because I feel well, I keep track of all that. And it just seems like the the American college campus is a joke now. Yeah. Where did you go to school? I went to school. I first went to um, the University in Victoria, British Columbia, and Victoria is boring. So I had to move. And then I went back to Vancouver and I finished my degree at SFU, which is Simon Fraser University. And then I went to the Netherlands and did master's courses in feminist philosophy there. And it was great because I was being taught by women that I'd read and Mm -hmm. really was scared. And also there's... There's no distractions in that town. It's all just like... Do you keep up with the other women in your class? Or uh, just that was really gendered to assume that they were no, women to the other people in your class? not. Uh, actually, I have two friends that I still keep in touch with. A French girl who I let live in my attic named Charlotte, who's amazing. I basically taught her English. So the way she speaks, she says certain words exactly like I do because I was teaching her all these little terms. And then my friend, Catherine, who's in Belgium. And that's it. And what do they? What does she do? Uh, they both. Well, I'm not sure. Charlotte was in traveling for a bit, and Katrine now is working. I forget what she's doing. She's doing some kind of very nice, you know, helping the world kind of thing. We so, used to just drink a lot of wine and, and get <laughs> mad. Do you think it's like a microcosm, like the college thing and the music thing? Do you think there's like parallels? Because it seems like. In college, the big thing is like people will protest if someone speaks there and they don't agree with what they're saying. And like, it seems like there's a little bit of that in music too. I don't know. Didn't it used to be though that if someone who spoke who you didn't agree with, you would go and you would listen and you'd raise your hand at the question period and you'd have a discussion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you'd try. I mean, I'm a big believer in taking the lawyer approach where it's like, all right, if I'm going to beat someone who I disagree with, then I'm going to learn everything about them so that I can have a better conversation with them and figure it out. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's just lost. That, that whole approach has been lost where there, what do, what do young people say now? I can't even. I can't even. Why? That just shuts the, the whole discussion right off. Did what you, is so wrong with conversing with someone that you don't agree with? Right. Who Did knows? You, I think it's because, and Jonah and I talk about this a lot. I'm just going to preface this entire conversation yeah, by saying Jonah and I talk about this a lot. Yeah. I think it's just because the internet has made it so that you can only converse with like-minded people yes. and you never have to be bothered with any opinions that don't agree with you. And so when people will try to apply that in real life, yeah. it obviously works disastrously because in in the real world, you have to deal with shit all the time that you're either not comfortable mm-hmm. with or that you don't agree with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's kind of like just slicing down people's social skills too, you know? I agree with that. And I also think I had a friend who was dating this girl who was um, a little younger. Well, she was quite younger younger than us and i remember looking at her social media and thinking oh this girl seems she seems kind of sassy she's you know she's got this whole persona she seems interesting met her face to face she couldn't hold a conversation anytime she got uncomfortable she retorted to her phone she was just and i was like oh and my friend josie actually pointed it out very well she was like that's the thing with young millennials is that they they get to curate their personality before they say anything so like live conversation (laughs) is terrifying because they have all this time to edit and and make themselves into this perfect thing before they send it out into the world where it's like you know, face to face is so much more. I don't know. It's, yeah. And I don't want to sound like an old hag, being like, Dur-da-da. no, it's true though, because like most of the people that are internet famous that I've met have like the personality of a dead moth in person. It's yeah. just like. But I think that's also you've built yourself up to something so grand that to not be able to deliver in real life maybe is slightly scary. Right. Or, yeah. I, don't I mean, know. I would say that about most music journalists. Oh, yeah. yeah. Most like, music writers are yeah. just just like socially awkward i feel like the, any, the reason you and i have had any you're success, not socially awkward you're fine that's what i'm Dan's saying like the only music writer i'm friends I, with yeah though. you do <laughs> and i think that the reason that you and i have had any success is that like we can talk to people like fucking humans yeah, not, and not like you know like i, I don't little know lepers you're, you you do uh, do you you don't do a lot of music writing but I you do writing i can't do so much anymore right because right. it feels um well i just don't care and um <laughs> 
it feels a bit uh, not cheating, but too 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 in the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I do appreciate that you know when I'm in a time period like right now, being interviewed all the time, and when I get irritated with it, and uh, not right now. This is lovely. <laughs> but I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what it's like to be on that other side. You need to finish that story. You just, you know, that empathy. Just want the of, quote or whatever. Need, right. yeah, yeah, so yeah. just give them the good stuff right away. And um, But, so, yeah. Do you think then that being a musician has... Um, do you think that being a writer has helped you know how to, like, work the press as a musician? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... and uh, but it also makes me hyper self-conscious where when I'm going to interview someone, I'm like, would that irritate me? Mm. Would that question be annoying? But then you kind of have to just drop that. And it's like you were saying outside, you just treat it like a conversation. That's mm-hmm. so much more interesting. And you get way better stories out of people. Right. You know those people you meet where right away they divulge something very personal about themselves and you know that this is going to be a good conversation? Like, I love that. And I feel like when you approach an interview that way and you just get right into it... Most people, everyone wants to talk about themselves. Right. And it, it, whether they admit it or not, you know? So if you can just go, what was the worst blowjob you ever received? And then they'll start. That's a weird thing, though, because, uh, like, in music, I don't I don't really follow a lot of writing outside of the music world too much. But I feel like within music writing, there is this sort of like, and I'm loath to use the term PC, but I, I feel like there's you this... You loathe that I, I did? I, I, don't, I don't like PC that, as a term because it's just like... Well, what am I supposed to say? All right. I feel like there's a there's a, a way of thinking that's like, these are the things that you're not allowed to talk to artists about. Like, And sometimes I feel like people get really mad when you ask either something about their sex life, especially if it's like a female artist or if it's something like more personal. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's always like, well... You're allowed to ask whether or not they want to answer is up to them. Yeah. But like, it's if they want to talk about something like that, why would you not ask? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, I, I feel like there's like a, a like it, music writing has gotten very narrowed where it's like these are the things that like we have to ask about the process and their, their art, but we can't talk about them like personally. You no. know, and that to me is the most boring part. There mm-hmm. are like as people, they're super interesting. Also, you you know they can pull the whole. <laughs> You're a white male car. You know, sure. you're the devil right now, both of you. Give me a fucking break. Like, it's so irritating. I was, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how bad it is right now with what you're able to talk about with musicians, but that's nuts. Yeah. I just read this book. If you put yourself up to the public, you have to expect that people are going to sure. want to know things. That's okay. Yeah. I, what were you going to say? Sorry. Well, I just read this book, You've Been Publicly Shamed. Have you heard of this book? No. By John Ronson. You have like a bunch of TED Talks on it, and it's like super interesting because he like, remember that woman who did that tweet, like going to Africa, hoping I'm Oh, God, aid. and then her life was ruined yeah. when she left. Exactly. Like, so he talked about that, and then he like, was a, he like did this really long interview with her like a year later, two years later. He also talked oh, wow. to... Um, Man, he did a couple other uh, Jonah Lerher. Who, people like, whose lives have been people's ruined lives by have one been tweet. Rude by one tweet, basically, and sort of this whole culture of online shaming and how, like, you know, the court pe- of public opinion. Totally, and people will make like one mistake or like this girl who like flipped off like a cemetery at Arlington and just like you know, like life is ruined and how these people like a bunch of them like kill themselves and it's It's like it's really crazy and i sort of felt it yesterday because like all that shit was happening with the yacht oh yeah i heard about this someone explained it to me last night because i wasn't i wasn't even i wrote about that and i never yeah so dan wrote about it but it's like that's sort of like your job is to like your Mm -hmm. commentary but then i started like tweeting so i was like this is and then i was like why am I weighing in on this? Yeah, like, it doesn't right, affect right. me. And it's just like, am I just doing this because everyone else is doing it? Well, that's the other thing, too. I feel as though people um, assume they need to say something. Right. You need to prove like you you're a good... You don't need to say anything. Right. But you need to prove like you're like a good person or you're like on the right side or like, you know, like, yeah, you guys... But yet, but yet who who is desperately sitting there going... What is Dan going to say? What is Joe? Right, right, right. right. That's all self-policing. I don't understand why people, like, don't, like, think they can't sit a conversation out. It's just like, hey, man, like, 
it's cool totally. to not have opinion on that. Yeah. It's like you can just sit this one out. Like, but that's the nature of social media and the talking heads of Twitter. I mean, it's exhausting sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah, and it's like everyone's weighing, and I'm like, everyone's weighing in this band they didn't even know existed yesterday, right, and right. now they're so personally invested in this. Yeah. So what did they do? Okay, they made a sex tape, released it. Well, they they more than just release it. They they said that they're someone stole it someone and put stole it out it and they were being exploited and that they were pursuing legal action and they were like very hurt by it and then they like release it themselves on their website for five dollars and then it turned out this was all just a publicity stunt for their video and people got really mad that basically you're you're exploiting people's empathy for for uh revenge porn which is like a really oh my serious God. crime um, i didn't realize the revenge porn part yeah but and I'm but sure it, they it didn't weird, think though, because, of that when they did this. Yeah. I'm sure they never thought that was going to happen. I know. It, I think it, they to me knew that like it just, would get the attention. That yes. It yeah. Yes. It seems like they didn't think through all of the facets well, of it. Well, it also seems to me, above all, like... If Why didn't their publicist say anything? That's what Their publicist said, said they had nothing to do with oh, it. Oh, so yeah, they went... Yeah. I just think, like, if, you, if you're doing stuff like that in the first place, it probably means your music isn't that interesting. Yeah. They also had some other gimmick where they... They release a song that you could only hear when the Uber price surging goes up, which is like, just release this fucking song. <laughs> like, oh, just wait. Okay, song. so you could only hear it if you tried to get an Uber and it was like a times three? Know. Something like that. I'm trying that. to understand. I was trying to understand either, and then I stopped caring because, again, like... But aren't I, I they sh- a couple? Do they just sit there and like pillow talk? Okay, what's the next thing? <laughs> I, I guess. guess so. Yeah. Just make a good record. But yeah. you're not you're not big on social media though. Like no, you were I, the I other day. suck at it. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at clickbait. I'm I'm so boring. I just retweet and then say something stupid because when I'm drunk at five a.m. Working on real stuff. Yes, but I just don't. Have, I mean, that's the other thing where you see people who are constant all day tweeting. And you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what do you do outside of Have this? you had any food today? Did you need to make yourself a sandwich? Yeah, because they tweeted a picture of it. Oh my God. It's exhausting. I just, I guess if you have that kind of brain, you can do it. I'm not good at social media. I'm yeah. not good. I'm not good at it. Ask Bailey. I need to get better. I don't know how. <laughs> well, I, you- I feel like there's people that get it and they're really successful. Like my friend Melissa, who does So Sad, she understood it. Yeah. Um, I. No, it's funny because it, you were making me think the other day that it can almost be like more harmful than the benefit is worth. Because I think you said something about like Kanye West tweeted something shitty, and you were going to tweet back at him, but then you were just kind of like, "Oh, like, and I thought cares? I was being like, what? what yeah, who, why, why would anybody care this? what I have to say?" When I was like, telling him to like, I wanted to say like, go hang out with your kids instead of tweeting about needing money. Was that it? Yeah, and then it's just like. Why, like who cares? Yeah, why what am I responding Mish to this? To say about yeah, exactly. Kanye. I don't need to be a part of this yeah, conversation. Yeah. This has nothing to do with me. I happen to see it. It was annoying. I already, I thought he was annoying from the moment he said actively said, "I don't read." Okay, I don't read books. I'm an active non-reader of books or whatever he said. Imagine like, being proud of that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't bathe, so I'm <laughs> pretty proud of that. I just, I don't know. He's, I've, I don't, I don't get it. I just feel like I've never read an article and been like, I have to post my comment on this. Like I've, yeah, I've just been, been like, like click the tab out, yeah, and then yeah. I'm like go about like, my day, yeah, like, like all of my thoughts about something. But I'm like, I don't want to get in an argument with a stranger about something. That's the most infuriating. I did okay, so I wrote an article a while ago for Broadly where I was trying to find men who, straight men who refused to um, go down on women. They had oral aversions. Couldn't find any. Wrote this article. And then after I wrote it, I got all these responses from men being like, oh, I don't do that here. Let me tell you my life story. So I wrote another one. And the headline was, why some men don't eat pussy. Mm-hmm. And I knew when they made that headline, I was like, oh, there's going to be all these like freaks that are going to go, well, no, not men. You have to specify straight men because men are like, right. oh, God. So I, I cured that in the first line of the article. And I had all these fucking granola nerds sending me messages this title is offensive to me because i was which you don't have control over exactly i don't because i'm not an editor and i resolved it within the first line so that says to me that you didn't even bother to click the link and read past that point so you know what you're an idiot maybe they were just triggered by the title oh oh, (laughs) triggering God, get real. It's, I do don't you know. get really? I mean, because you're. Oh well, actually, I know that you do. But like, you're 
an attractive woman. Do you get like Thank a lot you. of? Do you get like a lot of garbage men in your comments? And I know that you do I because I remember that Brooklyn anymore. vegan thing. Yeah, the Brooklyn vegan thing made me mad. Um, I don't read comments anymore. Like yeah. when we did the uh, the noisy thing, a friend of mine was like, "Look at these comments." Oh, they're terrible. I would never look. We did like a, a live Ignorance video. Ignorance is bliss. On I don't want to know. Yeah, Facebook just obviously draws out the just most garbage commenters of the vice internet. people yes and yeah and it's weird because like a lot of people that like comment on vice articles like hate vice to begin with right and i have so no why idea are they why wasting they their ha- time yeah, I don't there know. it's it's the same as um, youtube commenters it's all be- like i write for the av club and i'll look at those comments I'm like, oh i'm sure those are brutal, brutal. i'm yeah. like i thought you guys were like a little bit more Ner- no because no. nerds no. have power yeah you're right internet, you're right you know? well and it's the facelessness too right behind that shield of of uh, the screen and and being anonymous. Totally, you can um, say whatever horrible thing you want to say without any accountability. I think there's a lot more people that need to have this shit beaten out of them, and they need to remember that feeling. You know, you meet so many people that are complete assholes, and they're just and you're like, you've never had your ass kicked. You've yeah, never had your ass kicked for something stupid that you said, and you weren't held accountable. We're not for even it. having your ass kicked, but like you know that Louis C.K. bit where he was talking about how. Um, you know, like with kids, yes. If you're in the playground and you, you call say someone something, a faggot, and, and you they see feel them bad, get yeah, sad. yeah. And but that, when you do that, that online, your human empathy makes you is, yep. be affected exactly. by that. But like when you do it online, you don't. There's no, there's nothing. There's this giant, giant break between you and the person, and you don't see their sadness. You don't see how it affected them. Right. That's and why I make fun of Jonah to his face. I, I make fun of Dan too. The only thing I make fun of him about is working out a lot. Yeah, I'm like, sure. are you going to but the gym so again? But he's so nice and muscly. I, I, know, I love I it, Dan. I think I'm just super jealous because I can like barely lift this mug. <laughs> Thanks, guys. He works hard. I know. It's true. Mm. I mean, do you see like with technology, do you see that disconnect broadening? Or do you think like eventually people are just going to be like, this sucks. Let's just go back to like... I don't know. Having a dialogue. I, I interviewed this um, a, a great sex therapist the other day. And, well, now it was like a month ago, life. <laughs> but um, he, uh, he, he was talking about how human interaction and, and that need for touch and presence and feel and all these things will never replace anything what we have, what we have now, this like rapid, you know, false friendship kind of fast thing. Right. But I also feel that unless you've experienced, like, imagine what it would be like to be three right now and get accustomed to a phone and then go to school where everyone has, a, you know, we, we are old, not old, but we're older. So we understand. We remember a time without it. We remember, like, what's the, to bring up comedy again, that Jerry Seinfeld bit that he does recently where he's talking about the house phone ringing. Right. Like, I'll get it. Like, that doesn't Mm -hmm. happen anymore. Um, And you'd go and knock on your neighbor's door and go play with them. And I don't know. I mean, maybe we will. I think there'll be a giant collapse. We're in an era of decadence and luxury, and usually that means there's a sign of a cultural collapse coming. Well, also, like, what I was listening to this podcast with Whitney Cummings the other day, Uh and she was talking... She's the one that does Two Broke Girls, right? Yeah. She writes that show. Yeah. Yeah. And she was talking about, like, like parenting today, and she was like, kids will, like... They'll take a step and then they'll look, look back at their parents because they'll know it's safe. Mm-hmm. So they'll take another step and then they'll know. And then she'll, they'll take a third step and their parents looking at their phone. So then they don't think it's safe anymore. So then they want don't want to go past that. And how like socializing oh, that's interesting. kids with their parents are always on their phone. It actually like is like is creating this huge disconnect. And like, oh, because, that's really yeah, interesting. I thought it was interesting, too. I never had heard that before. I didn't, I've never thought about that either. And the fact that even if they are looking at their phone to take a video of that child. Right, totally. They're yeah. still. My, I'm convinced that my niece is going to grow up thinking that an iPhone is her like third parent. Because my mm. sister, who I love, posts a photo of her like every five seconds. Yeah. And I'm just like, how are you? How do you combat it, though? Because we want to see photos of the child. Sure. You know, the family wants to see this is the fastest, easiest way right. to let everyone know. Yeah, my uh, my one of my best friends, she has two kids who are so near and dear to me. The three-year-old FaceTimes me every day, sometimes in very inappropriate times. <laughs> but um, he knows how to work the phone all by himself and just plops me up. And I'm... It's wild. Yeah, I was trying to fix it. It's weird to have your life documented on Instagram before you even understand what Instagram is. I was thinking like when, when in the future are they going to like 
Like, when do you think the average age will be starting with this generation that kids will have Facebook pages? <sighs> or, or will the parents be doing it for them? I mean, right, right. how do you... And then you just, like, give the kid the Facebook account for their, like, 10th birthday <laughs> or something, you know? Like, like... it's her bar mitzvah or something. <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't know. I mean, you guys don't have kids, right? Do you have no, children? No way. No. Do you want to have children? No. Really? Mm-mm. Do you? I really Let's love talk my about niece. that. I, I love, love talking. I mean, about I wouldn't say niece. never. Just me, like the me I know right now wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Are you in a relationship though? S- yeah, but it's like new. It's okay. New. So you haven't found that person that you want to procreate with. You said that you, if you, you told me the other day, if you don't have kids by thirty three, you're not going. To, right? Yeah, that's kind of that's, that's my cutoff. And mm-hmm. two of my friends were convinced me last night that that's crazy. Yeah. Um. But that was because I I, I don't want to be tired. I don't want to be... I already feel like I'm t- too late to start. If it was up to me, I would have had f- five or four, a huge litter. But uh, you can't start that at 33. It's not fair. Right. You know? Um, but yeah. You know, I think I think the kids are important. And I think that there's been a, uh, a lot of... People don't value the the parenthood and motherhood and, and fatherhood as much as they used to, and that's those are such important jobs. Do you have siblings? I have. I well, I grew up with a huge family. I have three younger siblings. I have okay. a brother and two sisters, and both my father and my mother have five kids on each side. So I have a huge family, mm-hmm. and family is very important to me. It's everything, mm-hmm. you know. So I've got. I come from that bias, right? Yeah. So, like, do you? I don't know. Tell me about your parents. Well, my was, okay. My dad like? is a crazy person. Mm-hmm. My mother is. My mother's Polish, and from she, Poland. No, she was born here, but mm-hmm. her her parents and hardworking Polish stock. And she's the oldest of five children, oldest of the girls, and her parents were both lawyers, so she kind of raised four kids on her own. And my dad is the second youngest of. Uh, four boys and a girl and his parents did the the brutal thing that you don't do in the 50s where you have an affair with your neighbor and you merge your families like the Brady Bunch um, but they were happy forever and uh, my my dad's like the romantic uh, emotional drunk and my mother's the hard ass mm-hmm. and um, yeah I don't know I mean they, they have a very tragic love story like my mother's parents never thought he was good enough and they took physically took him away from or took her away from him and then they had to fight for their so I have this very idealistic I you know concept of what it means to be in a relationship with someone I take marriage and commitment and all that very seriously right like a nerd how long have you been married now we just had our one year anniversary when before like before you were married like you know, in, in talking about having kids now, was it like that before you were married? No, I never. Married? I never thought any of that stuff. But as I was saying to you, those things only entered my mind when I met the person that I actually wanted their seed inside me at some <laughs> point. You know, that's a very different feeling to think that you could actually imagine creating a family with someone. And if it doesn't happen, that's fine. I've got three other brothers and sisters that can can just be the cool aunt but you know i and i also understand we both i live in la you guys live in new york maybe that has a play totally. on it does yeah it definitely does i think it is a huge i'm from ohio and like all my friends back there have like nine kids really yeah the idea of having kids here seems so stressful well doesn't like, it doesn't seem I can barely I you have to kind of take care of myself too. yeah you do have sure. to be rich yeah. let's get real here yeah. that's the biggest factor is yeah, money is. kids are expensive and they're getting more and more expensive yeah. not just expensive but just like the simple day-to-day parent duties of taking them to school and mm. just things like that just seems so and much better. And like going grocery shopping when you don't have a car. You and gotta like, pay like 30 grand even for them to go to like school. Nah, that's but see, if you guys don't procreate, you're both smart, then what's gonna happen? I then the dumb people are just yeah, gonna, it's gonna do gonna it forever. Yeah, idiocracy is gonna happen. Oh, I love yeah. that movie. That's just how that movie I was starts. trying to remember the name of that movie yeah. the other day. It, I was describing it to someone. It's so Thank scary you for saying how it. much of that movie came true. <laughs> like I know. it was not meant to be like prophetic what do you do you what okay i'm gonna ask you guys something what do you fear about the future 10 years from now what's the most the the ultimate terrifying situation personally or like globally everything 
Both. You can do both. Jonah has a lot of neuroses. I have yeah, a lot I of yours. The one I think about a lot, which I think is further out, is uh-huh. artificial intelligence turning on us. Which I do you have I, nightmares about it? Sort of. I know this like sounds insane, but I do think there's like, something insane about it's it. It's getting they're getting so smart, and they're like. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're creating something that's smarter than you, eventually it's just going to be like, why am I listening to this like ape telling me what to do? <laughs> like, I'm just going to take over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's one. But I think that's a little further down the road. But I do think like your niece, like maybe like when she's like our age, that yeah. might be like a real issue. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing too, right? We maybe I don't want to be around for when things get like that. That seems scary. Yeah. Um, I prefer to be dead when that happens. Me too. Dan, do you have maybe a little bit more? Well, all my fears are personal because I I just feel like (laughs) we can't control the things that happen on a larger scale. Like we, was it you that was telling me like if Trump gets elected, like I can't do anything about it. I don't mind if that happens. It's nothing I can do. I can't even vote. So for me, yeah, I I can't vote for another two years. So for me, I just obsessively watch every debate and everything and keep it all in here and wait until I take my America test. Yeah. And I can become an American. (laughs) I have to take a test. An America test. Really? Do you know about this? No, but I'm I feel sure like I most people. It. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, pass I'm an that. immigrant, and so <clears throat> I have my green card. But in two years, when I do my citizenship, I have to take this test where I have to know, you know, who uh, the, all these weird America sets that I bet you would both flung. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sure. I'm not. I don't know what the executive branch is. I don't know. I literally can name yeah. four states. Yeah, that's bad. But also, like, it is New interesting. York, I think like, California, <laughs> Cincinnati, Toronto. Being, <laughs> do you feel like you're like being from Canada? Because we had like Nick from Island Town a couple weeks ago. We oh ta- yeah, I've yeah. met him before. He's, he's cool. my friend Olia. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's we, we were talking about her. politics and we're talking about like like propaganda and stuff. And like it is weird because it's like so like you guys are so close and so similar, but also like people be like, it's yeah, so you can't talk about this. You don't live here. Like mm-hmm. you're like. And it's so weird because, like, what we do really does, like, affect a lot of, of other places. It's not just, like, our thing. Of course. And I think that Canada has always been a, a, a great ally to the states, if not a passive one. Yeah. <laughs> but has always kind of been there. I love the threat of um, progressives saying they're going to move to Canada if Trump gets elected. Right. But not threatening to move anywhere It's just else. that, like, yeah. It, 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 yeah. Four you're not going to go ago, south, really? Eight. Four years ago, it happened with. I'm Obama so excited too. for this election. Like, it's going to be. It's like people watching say that Bad Girls Club. People say that. Great. Yeah, people say that, and it's also very presumptuous to think like I'll just go to Canada. They'll love to have me. Uh, get real, okay? Everyone is so delusional. There's three cities you can actually live in and get a job, and I'm being very generous there. Toronto, Vancouver. Unless you speak fluent French, you are not getting jack shit in Montreal. So stay the fuck Halifax, out of you can go to Halifax. Halifax is beautiful. But there's this whole, like, Calgary and Edmonton are fucked right now, especially since the Fort McMurray, or the, uh, uh, the Fort McMurray, is the fires, and everyone has had to vacate and go down to Calgary and Edmonton. It's not the dreamland up there. Mm. There's a lot of things happening. Also, I kind of feel like uh, when people are like, uh, oh, well, if this happens, I'm going to move to Canada. It's just like... It's well, not just that move easy now. to immigrate. Yeah. Just like if you're really that eager to move. Yeah, exactly. to, if you think Canada's so great, it's why aren't you living a, yeah, there? It's such an empty gesture. No, you're not. Shut up. Exactly. Be quiet. You're not going to do anything. You're going to sit yeah. on your hands and we'll I, all watch it unfold. So I want to make great. some sort of like nonsensical threats where I'm like, if Donald Trump wins the election, I am moving to Boston. <laughs> what is so? I, did you guys watch his foreign policy speech? I mean, there's no, there's no content. To it. There's nothing. What are you talking about? There was one really great quote, which I had to write it down because I thought it was so excellent. Where's my phone? I'll read it to you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I don't think. I think that again, it comes back to this whole idea of not reading past a headline. I think things get sensationalized, and that's his own fault. He's been a clown, but his clownhood has gotten him to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's going to come down to Hillary and him, right? Yeah. that's it. Yeah. Man, Without then, a doubt. Yeah. And then it's like the options are basically a rich, pandering Republican or her orange friend. And uh, it kind of sucks. But, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not a... No, I'm not a Who are you going to vote for? I would vote for Bernie because I'm of the mind that I I vote for the most radically minded person. But, okay. What about you? I know this is a personal question. It's no. a private question, isn't no, it? No. I'll, I'll talk about uh, it. I don't know. I don't know. I would. 
it comes down to who it comes down to, right? As a Jewish also, American, like, are you I, not going to vote for Bernie? I don't Come know on. if I'm even going to vote. Mm, I don't know. I, I'm you're not, the, I'm, you're Kyle from South Park. Why would I choose between a douche and a shit sandwich? Sort of. I mean, like, I, yeah, to me, it's kind of all the same. Oh, and, and yeah, it's true. I mean, really? like, it's there's differences, but I do feel like ultimately, like... I don't know. I would love to see a Trump presidency. Like, I don't want to live in it, but if I could, I like, fall asleep fine. for four years and, like, just learn up on it, I'd be like, oh, my gosh. That'd that be sounds great. wonderful. Yeah, and then, like... He, 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 he pronounced what name wrong? Oh, the, my gosh. The other thing with the moving to Canada thing is, like, the other side where people are like, well, it's going to be so much great music if Trump gets elected. Because, <laughs> like... I don't think so, because we had Bush for eight years, and all we got was those... Rock against Bush comps. Yeah. They, I don't think that uh, then you guys are all going to come to Canada and ruin it for us sweet Canadians. It would be nothing but nice. You're, you are Canadian and you wouldn't move back to Canada. No. Are you worried about getting deported? No, never. I'm <laughs> okay. married. Well, you're married. Right, right. Okay. I, I could have been committing crimes for the last 30 years of my life here and I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of marrying an American. Um, no, I don't want to go back. I like it in the States. Um, Do you like Los Angeles? Yeah. I don't... No, okay. Let me rephrase that. (laughs) Okay. I like the suburb I live in and the outside and certain people, but, uh, you know, you're never going to find me in West Hollywood living it up. Right, right. Gross. Uh, It's... it's, But I do prefer it over New York for sure. What do you like about LA? Um, That it's sunny all the time. I come Mm. from a very rainy, disgusting place. I like that I have to drive everywhere and not be in public transit touching other people who are gross. (laughs) And... uh, and you smoke in your car, you know. Right. And um, I just, it's beautiful there. And I think that it's beautiful and it's also trashy and gray and disgusting. And there's this great merging of that. And it's also so sprawling. There's always somewhere new to discover. Um, and it just feels very relaxing there. I have this like Lemmy romanticization of LA. If you mm-hmm. ever read his bio, no, he talks about the first time that I think he came over here with Hawkwind. It was probably the first time they, they did that. And he talks about flying into Los Angeles and coming from England and looking down out of the plane and seeing that everyone had a swimming pool. Everyone had palm trees and he was just like so enamored with but then that. he lived in like a one room yeah, apartment forever, forever. With his Nazi yeah, paraphernalia and his video game. I just watched that documentary. He had so much shit. Do you know, I wanted to meet him so bad before he passed away. I wanted to sit on his lap. Wild man. Wasn't your husband like friendly? He knew him. him. I was just, all I wanted was to sit on his lap. (laughs) Go to the rainbow room and just sit. Smile. (laughs) Sit on his chair until he gets Well, everyone knew he was going to pass. He was, I mean, when you live your life like that. Yeah. Pussy, drugs, gym beam. But it's going to be fair. He died in his 70s, correct? Mm, I mean, that's he lasted pretty... a long time. I mean, like, I feel like that sort of lifestyle would have killed most people before 50. And he had another... There's always those magic unicorns, you know, yeah, that are able Richards to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I almost feel like it, it's like that thing on The Simpsons, wherein, like, you have... Like, you know how Mr. Burns has just, like, so many diseases that they, like, <laughs> make him just immune to anything? Like, I don't just... get any Simpsons references because I wasn't allowed to watch it when I was a child. Hold on. Even though no, I was no, allowed no. to watch Seinfeld, Melrose Place, Jenny Jones, Murray, all these trashy shows, well, but my dad was against the Simpsons. It had a really bad stigma in the first season. What's her name? Yeah. Fucking, uh, not Barbara Bush, but... Um, like, yeah, no, Barbara Gore. Bush. Barbara she, Bush. like, said Bart Simpson was a bad influence on kids, and it, like, sent the shockwave through it. America that, like, parents hated it but my it's my so parents, genius like, i've watched it, it since, my parents made me watch it like we all that was like a family activity that we, we did. did seinfeld as our family yeah, activity we like seinfeld too. do you do a seinfeld trivia night shut up because dan, dan does a simpsons trivia night shut, shut that's up. very you popular do? <laughs> I, do. I would i would kill at a seinfeld one yeah, yeah. ill Larry David mm. is hot. I'm sorry, but like, have you seen he? He's got a great smile. He's a good-looking older man. I would mm-hmm. never fuck him. He's like so skinny; it would be too much. But he's a good-looking guy. Sure, he came into his own in his later years. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a great thing about men. You guys are very lucky. You keep coming into right your good looks as you I get older. I can't wait till I get good-looking in my forties. <laughs> I am oh, very please. excited about that. when I hit my Larry David age. When I have four hundred million dollars, he has a good smile. Get yeah. real, no, he does. yeah, it's true. He's got a nice he also, smile. Jonah, have you ever met him? Yeah, he, he did SNL, right? Yeah, is he cool? Yeah, he's very friendly. Yeah, yeah he's, he's. Does very he have nice a feeble handshake or is it strong? He had a good one. Okay, good. He had a good one. There's nothing worse than a bad handshake. Totally, I had a guy who shook totally. my hand the other day with a, a two finger. Uh, I was like. Oh. 
The best handshake. Really? The best handshake was when I was with Chris at the show and we met James Franco. And whenever he shakes Wait. your hand, he winks at you. Mm. Oh my God. And he did it to everyone. Chris, Chris was like, dude, he winked at me. I was like, does me it too. to everyone, girls everyone. and guys? Yeah, and it makes you feel so special. Ooh. Well, Jonah, I probably Jonah's, fall in love with them. Jonah's sister introduced me to Ryan Gosling. And I shook his He's hand. He's another Canadian uh, person. Oh, yeah. right, right. Yeah. But he was a guy who I was like, man, this motherfucker is smooth. Like, I What gotta, did he do? Did he crush just, your butt? He, no, he just like firm handshake, like perfect. I would say perfect handshake, like not too long, firm. He's got like a nice watch and you're kind of like, oh, that's a nice watch. And then uh, he talks, he talks for a to you for a bit and then he's very gentlemanly and charming and then he works the room Smart. and you see him going to talk to everybody else and you're like, man, this guy... Knows how to work. Or I don't room. think I could pull off a watch. Yeah, I don't either. Why? He had like a suit with mm-hmm. no. You have a nice a arm. You're fine. You yeah, can do a, like, you can do a watch. Like he had just... like a nice watch though. I couldn't. I feel I like couldn't I would look out of place if I had a nice sure. watch. But he had like a suit with no tie. Yeah, that really gave me a lot to think about after I met <laughs> Ryan Gosling. I was like, man. This guy knows. Well, I do suit with no tie because I don't know how to tie a tie. Right. And then I have to go on YouTube for like a half oh, an hour. Yes. Yeah. That's when we went to that wedding. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. you didn't have a tie. Oh, yeah, I don't envy that <laughs> yeah. having to tie a tie. It's, it's hard. Yeah. I have the high heels. That's fine. You can yeah. tie ties. Fair enough. Everyone's got, you know. It's true. We've it's all true. got our bullshit. The, the maintenance that men have to do is so minimal compared to what poor women do. And No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's great for us. Because if you're ugly, right. you're fucked. You're not. But, y- <laughs> you know, you can stick with it. I have makeup. I can do whatever the hell I want. I can contour sure, myself into so. something different. I just feel I like. I have freedom of fiction on my face. <laughs> I just feel like men's bodies come out disgusting well, and we bodies have to, are gross but we have great to do to have work to like maintain them to look presentable women's bodies look fantastic by virtue of but that's because you like women's bodies yeah but no like objectively i think if you just showed an alien like a female body and a men's that body, would be an interesting thing yeah showing yeah. the alien well maybe if hillary releases oh. this stuff we can do that <laughs> Women's bodies are much more attractive, and they talk. That's another Seinfeld bit. When remember when Jerry's dating oh, the, the girl center. who's always nude and trying to open yep, the pickle yep, jar, yep. and then he's like, and, "Yeah." There's a good naked. Everything and is a Seinfeld. Bad naked. Good naked, bad yeah. naked. What's your favorite Seinfeld episode? The one where Kramer. <laughs> I can't even think about this. Starting to laugh. The the gymnast, the one where um, um, Jerry's dating a gymnast who's from. I can't remember if she's Croatian or Ukrainian. Ukraine, right? Yeah. And and he's really nervous to date her because, oh, gymnast, she's going to be so flexible in bed. Can I compete? And they all force her to, or him to do it. And then it turns out that in her country, the comedian is supposed to be the oh, great lover right, and he right, sucks. Right. But my favorite part of that episode is when Kramer's trying to do like a gymnast move off his couch. <laughs> and he like bails. <laughs> and it's so funny. I just, I love that show. I never get sick of it. It was so great. What happened you, to that? Do you have a favorite Seinfeld? I mean, they're all good. Yeah, they're all good. I, don't I like. Know. I like the. I like the Lloyd Braun one with the. Uh, the when gum. they go to the theater. Oh, the glasses. Yeah, and he's like, "That's Jerry my best friend, Jerry Seinfeld." It's like, "That's your best friend." It's like, "Yeah, but he doesn't wear glasses." And he's like, "That man was wearing glasses." <laughs> it's like and that whole scene is like it's the best so good. sequence. And of Jerry's such a bad actor too, which I makes know. it even better. <laughs> That's kind of my favorite part of it. Yeah, what happened to TV too? It's all going down there. It's so, true. so you grew up watching like. Maury and Jenny Jones and stuff like I that. You were watching like Degrassi and stuff? I did watch a bit of Degrassi okay. but I really loved the talk shows especially the makeovers. My favorite was when um, Jenny Jones would take the bikers and do <laughs> let's and then she just cut their hair and put them in a suit and everyone was supposed to be impressed. <laughs> right. Or she'd do like if it was a guy or a girl and it was you know you'd have to figure out what gender the person was. None of that exists anymore. But my mother... Yeah. I feel would, like that would just get crucified and then oh, like yeah. try to go through to- <laughs> My mother would be like you can't watch that and then we'd be watching it and she'd do this thing where she'd slowly be slinking onto the couch and 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 then by the end she'd be fully invested too mm-hmm. and just like it's, in denial. it's hard to it there's it it like tickles something in in your like psyche about it, it you know that like you can't look away boot camp those are great yeah. Yeah. or the springers and where lo- it's like you're just waiting for just a riot to erupt yeah any second. Yeah, like a hillbilly showdown, and they're you know the two sisters of fucking the same guy, and it's um, the best was though on like Donahue when they have like the old punk kids on yeah, yeah. and all that. Like Gigi Allen would yeah. come on like those days. That yeah. that was the best when it would be these 
totally insane punk figures that would go on these cheesy, like, uh, that was amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. I so agree. good. Gigi Allen with his girlfriend where he, like, what was her name? Liz. Uh, she was so young. She was 17. And, I mean, it was just incredible. Yeah. It doesn't happen anymore. Remember I when uh, Joe Biafra was on Oprah, I believe? Whoa. No, I yeah, know they, I saw that They one. were talking, I mean, like, early era Oprah, you know, like, 80s Oprah, when they were, t- I could have this all wrong, but I know he's been on a talk show and that I'm almost positive it was Oprah, and they were talking about, um, uh, like, music censorship. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it was, like, Tipper Gore, too, was on the show. And he was just, he had, like, a suit on. And he was kind of like owning her on like music censorship. Okay, I have a question. Sure. What's the 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 interview that you both have done as music journalists who you were most nervous to interview? And I'm probably this one. No, shut <laughs> up, you idiot. No, the most nervous, like you, and maybe it was like a you know little bit of a. I was I was I don't know if I was telling you this the other day, but like I recently did a phone interview, which I hate doing, but I did a phone interview with Mark Duplass, the actor, one of the Duplass brothers, you know, and because he was in an indie rock band in the early 2000s, and Mm -hmm. I thought it would be interesting to talk about that. And it wasn't that I was nervous, but it was like, I'm a fan of his work. Like, I've probably watched him on screen for a total of like 30 hours because I watched like all the five seasons of The League and like his movies and stuff like that. Wait, which one is he from The League? He's Pete, like the single guy who's like always pranking yes 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 so uh so when i got on the phone with him i had all this like prior knowledge of him and he plays a guy who's like and every like he's supposed to appeal appeal to me like he's like a dude that could hang out like watch football Mm -hmm. so like when i talked to him there was like i had this preconceived notion that we were like buddies but for him like he doesn't know who the fuck i am you know so it like (laughs) made like a weird disconnect where um like I had to like, oh, I was trying to like overcompensate and like jump into being buddies, but clearly like, you know, we were not at that. Like I, it was, it was his character. Yeah. It was his person. So that for me is like, so anytime like you're Did you feel embarrassed to, when you got off the phone? A little bit. I mean, I calmed down a little Did you have a little shame little shit and all that nah, kind of stuff? it was like just <laughs> an awkward initially when I was like trying to jump into things and he was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, but I was like, okay, slow down a little bit. You yeah, know? calm down, calm so that, down. That was the most recent one that I had that I feel like I wasn't like thrilled with the way I did it. Uh, mine was probably actually mine was probably Fat Mike. Oh yeah. When I was like 22, I did this cover story for Alternative uh-huh. Press, and I was so nervous. Which is funny because we're friends now. Were you shaking? I was sweating a lot. Oh, that's what no. I do more. I don't. Was it face to face? Yes. Oh god, that's even worse. At you didn't office, have the phone barrier. No, and I remember I was so 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 nervous, and I was like. It was their first like real interview in like seven years. And oh I was my like, God. so you guys haven't and I started asking them questions. I was like, so first interview is like, Oh yeah, this interview reminds me of why we stopped doing press. <laughs> and knowing He said that to you? Yeah. Oh <laughs> and no, no poor twenty. Knowing him now, I knowing his personality and like being friends with him, like I totally get like he didn't mean it in a malicious way, that's just how he is. But I was already so fragile. Oh that yeah. I was just like, you were like a little like, piece of uh, tissue paper. Yeah. And it was like I, I just thought I was gonna like break into a million pieces. How did you hold it together? Uh again, like sweating <laughs> and <laughs> just pushing through it and then yeah. Isn't I mean, that brutal? Yeah. Isn't it funny? What about how you, Mish? I feel like your interviewing that, in, instincts are taking over and we're in the hot seat, but yeah, you have I to tricked you. Yeah. Is it, wait, isn't what brutal? Um how how someone who we're all just people, how someone can make you so nervous. Yeah. Their presence can just make yeah. you so nervous. And and then like I love that you're friends with this guy now and that you've overcome that and totally. you look back on it. How was I so nervous? Right, exactly. It's just another human being. Be. But I love that. I love that power that we can project onto someone else. It's yeah. so ludicrous and and weird and exciting. And there's also like a, um, it, you know, if somebody's like famous, also there's also like a thing that I imagine that they must have where it's like, you know, they you know things about them. Mm-hmm. You they you know who they are, right? But like they and they know that. So right. there must be like a little yeah. power in that and just being like, you know, like I'm sure. Like Taylor Swift, like no one's like, she's like, hey, I'm Taylor. Right, like, right. Like, yeah, I, know I mean, well, 
I was thinking. I know you are a Nazi, Barbie. We all see. <laughs> oh, I forgot that you're. Uh... Ugh, I hate her. She's so annoying. Oh. Sorry, I'll Sometimes... never get on the Taylor train ever, ever. I tried. She's so irritating. Oh. Almost... If she was a sticker, just snap her. She's just get rid of her, please. What bugs you about her? Just everything. Her face is like a little serpent. It's just her songs. It's irritating. I'm sorry. Don't like her. Maybe she's oh. a nice person. Maybe we could enjoy a sandwich and a drink. I and don't, I like. Her. I don't. I've never met her. I don't like her music. My, it sucks. Er, my coworker Eric Sunderman has met her once, and oh he, yeah, he's got this great story about how like he, they met. Like this is like a, maybe three or four years ago, and they hugged. And then you know, oh, like, she's probably she's probably like real thin, and he limp hug. He was like trying to make conversation, and so she was just like, "Oh, so where do you live?" And he's like, "I live in Greenpoint," and she was like, "Well, that's very cool." And he was just like, "Okay." <laughs> was so she like, being sarcastic? Because I kind of like no. her now. <laughs> so he was just kind of like making small talk, and he was like, "So, uh, where do you eat when you're in New York?" And her publicist was like, "Don't answer that." They they're gonna use that as a quote. Like don't don't you don't have to you don't have to answer that. Imagine and she, and just being like, her publicist. Oh my! You just God. can't even like answer what food you like. You know what I mean? Without it That's being like so a, trapping though. Imagine being as famous as Taylor Swift. You have no like. How do you have sex with people? Mm. How the fuck do you get laid? You get it, everything you has to, to be calculated and yeah. curated and thought about. That sucks. I would be so nervous if I were a celebrity. And started. What if up Taylor with Swift came up to you and came up to you and was like, "Jonah, <laughs> you are so fucking hot. I want to fuck you right now." Would you be you even if you weren't attracted to her? Would you do it? You'd have to do it. Yeah, I mean that's Just, never happened to me. How many girls? <laughs> but yeah. you know how that's always going down for us. <laughs> totally. When we go out, it, it's isn't just that so hard going to, down all the time? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I do want it. Next time I ask where someone's from, and they tell me, I go, "That's very cool." Yeah, <laughs> that's no very, matter where they're yeah, from. Yeah, <laughs> Florida. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Don't, I hate her. Wouldn't I'm you sorry. worry about like? I would worry about if you were dating somebody and you were Taylor Swift, right? Yes. That person probably has access to... I wouldn't trust anyone. Right. Like, either if you broke up and they turned on you, or if just, like, they're... Like, I feel like celebrities probably take care to, like, not have their accounts hacked and things like that. But, like, if you're dating somebody, they might have nude photos on their phone, and they're probably an easier person Mm -hmm. to hack than you are. Mm -hmm. I would be so freaked out about that. Yeah, I wouldn't trust anyone. I just think you also, like, sort of have to date someone equally as famous as you yeah and then exactly it, and, and then, then there's s- that mutual understanding yeah, of this is how life is for us totally. in our weird bubble but then you see like those couples and i'm all in my head i'm always like what do they talk about like like what it sucks being famous yeah right? like when they're alone <laughs> like it's like like it's the only thing in common the fact like, like they look at the paparazzi photos and go you look good you look good <laughs> I look good. I don't know. I'm sure they find some common ground. Everyone yeah. can find a common ground. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. We'll have to just ask. Isn't one of your new songs about that? What, what? for the album about him being famous and? Wait, no. Uh, oh, it's about like the. Which one? I don't know. We just talked about this the other. Hungry. Day. Yeah, I was talking about you, yeah, everyone hungry, wants hungry. to be famous, mm-hmm. and then they realize that it's stupid. Yeah. When did you realize it was stupid? No, I never realized it was stupid, but I think that everyone wants that. And and in this world now where we can all kind of live in this niche bubble of feeling kind of slightly important to 15 people instead of 15,000, you get that like taste of it. And I don't think it's stupid. That's the wrong word. I'm being flippant and and ridiculous. I think that, I think that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I liked where we were going before. <laughs> Fuck where you. Were we ta- oh, Taylor Swift. So anyway, no, not she that. Sucks. Not that. I don't know. I, it's really hard to talk about songs after you've written them. I've been doing it for a month, and I'm, mm. uh, this has been so refreshing because I. Okay. What's the What's the one thing that pe- that you wish people would talk about or ask you about instead of asking me about? How did you name? What does paradise What's mean? What's it like being a woman in a band? <laughs> That's my favorite, and yeah. I just go. Are you, do you legitimately still get that in like 2016? No, I think people can use Google now and figure right. out that I'm gonna say uh, nothing except mm-hmm. for you asking me that question. <laughs> Move along, please. Um, no, no one really. I I don't know. It's hard. I, I there's this because I, I I do think that 
me being a female has a lot to do with the way that I mean I'm I love being a woman and I think that I try and use that to my advantage and I think my femaleness directs my music obviously uh, how can it not mm. but um yeah I also don't think it's something that needs to be yeah. I don't want to be in the you know the vagina special olympics just <laughs> one thing along, that I, I that i really love about white long and not to harp on the gender issue but this is the one though like a revelation that i had recently is like when i joan and i kind of grew up with the same like hardcore band reference and mm-hmm. it was a lot of like tough guy chongo meathead hardcore bands and while there were like, i love that when they're all trying to just like <laughs> you know like brick like refrigerator size men mm-hmm. and it was kind of, of, so of a bummer because like a lot of the women that were involved in the scene like whenever you would see like a woman a female front person they were it was always like imitative of the men like it was almost like i'm trying to be a man and like tough tough guy i like, did that when we started because we, yeah, we only played with hardcore bands. but i remember i remember one night jonah is in the man united nations and yeah. they opened for uh, uh modern life is war all right, and I saw them, and they're like fucking haymaker throwing hardcore. Everybody was had like it's cargo all shorts, in your f- all boys in like too, right? camo yeah. shorts. Yes, and I like watched that, and then I remember I went right from there and saw White Lung, and I was just like, but it was still probably you're doing like something so much like you're being an aggressive in a way in, in a way that's so distinctly feminine. If that makes sense, because like, I have tits. Yeah, but it's not like <laughs> again, it's not like the way. I, it was in like 90s when you would see hardcore bands that yeah. had like women in them where they were just kind of like acting like the men. This is like, is a thing that's so distinctly you. Thank you. Yeah. And very I, nice. And, but anyways, I went to that show and I was like, I am so much more terrified to be here than like at that fucking Modern Life is War show really? where everybody was so much bigger than me. Yeah, because like those dudes... I spent my whole life seeing yeah, bands like yeah. that, and like they're just snooze. like harmless idiots. Like I'm, you know what I mean? I like, had like the the most like skewed vision of women though growing up in that scene, especially in Cleveland, because Cleveland's like super ignorant hardcore scene. And, Cleveland's weird. I like yeah. It. Well, they called like the bands like I grew up like a couple of instances, they they would just call women coat racks because they were like, "You hold the jackets while we go like mosh." <laughs> And you know, like all these songs really? about, yeah. yes, yeah, like songs about like coat rack horrors and all this stuff. Aww. And I like grew up being like, oh yeah. And then <laughs> I like, <laughs> then I like went to college. I was like, oh wait, like I mean, like I've written about it for with, for noisy a bunch of times, yeah. And like they, they would be like, fuck the liberals, and I'd be like, yeah. And like I didn't know what a liberal was, <laughs> yeah. Like, but I grew up in this kind of like weirdly conservative <clears throat> kind of scene and didn't mm. know it because I didn't know anything. Of course, well, and when I mean. When you're young. Yeah. But all that stuff shapes us. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't get offended easily. You can say anything to me. I'm not gonna get I'll get irritated. But you know, that's a very different to get offended. Well, but I don't know, the scene in in Vancouver particularly was so uh, Canada's just such a nice place. Right. You know? That's why I'm going to move there. When- oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. But it seems like now people sort of like, five minutes, no okay. problem. It seems like people like sort of want to, like, like getting offended now or something. Like, I feel like people are sort of. Because it gives them oh. fuel to talk about, sure. to voice their opinion for something. Yeah. Goes back to what we were saying before about everyone just needing to make a comment. What would, this would be the best if we did like internet shutdown for a week. Okay. I've How many it. people do you, I can name at least 10 people in my life that I think would probably have some kind of, um, like pan, panic and not being able to touch their phone. Yeah. Here's what my, my, I could do it. My only problem would be I would constantly be lost. Mm. I like feel like I can't get anywhere now without like looking well, at a map because I have the worst yeah. sense of direction. Yeah. But it's so but, easy. But here. Like, it's all gridded. Yeah. When I no, moved to LA, I didn't have a smartphone and I was borrowing my now husband's van. And so I'd have to write down all my directions and I got lost all the time, which was great because it made me figure things out. And then I got a smartphone. Can I say though that I yes, over... You can. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. Well, stop. That was a good interview. Thank you. <laughs> I think in December, I, uh, I was working a lot and I knew I had to get a project done. So I just stop using my phone for a week good for you uh, yeah and it was amazing and it's really funny because at the end of the week i opened up facebook and like the top stories were like donald trump said something else 
offensive and stupid and ignorant and like also like some man in the music industry did something really creepy and i'm like you like the story's changed, changed but like the ideas are all nothing yeah. you could, has you really could fall changed off for a year and come back and you would see the exact same story like fine. there's really nothing that you're missing you'd slip right back in yeah it's kind of what it is so what's the solution mish What's what the solution do? to life? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, there is none. If, I mean, we don't want everything to be perfect or a utopia that would be boring. Right. Or else we wouldn't be sitting here. We'd all be walking around. I don't know. My life's great. I don't have no complaints. I like it. That's good. What? Come on. What do we have to complain about? Really? Really? We live here. We're fine. Yeah. It could be a lot worse. You know? Yeah. I'm a straight white male in America. It's, it's Well, you're the devil right I'm now. The you're both the devil. Not uh, to me. Thanks, Mish. Well, yeah, those people are stupid. Um, no, there's no solution. Life is great as it is. It should be challenging and difficult and annoying and perfect and all those things. All right. Uh, thank you so much to Mish for coming by the podcast. She was great. Um, you can check out White Lungs' new album. Well, it came out earlier this year in April. Um, it's called Paradise. It's really cool. And if you want to see them on tour, luckily for you, they're playing like every cool festival. They're playing um, Ride Fest. I believe the Chicago Date. Yep. With a couple other bands, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Flaming Lips, Morrissey, the Original <laughs> Misfits, Slater Kinney, Social Distortion, Descendants, Nas. The lineup is insane. I think I'm going to try to go. It's uh, it's September 16th to the 18th. I'm not sure which day White Lung's going, but you should go for all three days. And they also just announced that they'll be playing something called Sound on Sound Fest in Texas this fall, November 4th through 6th. And um, it's right outside Austin. And the lineup for this also, Beach House, Explosions in the Sky, Run the Jewels, Descendants, um, Thursday, reuniting for this one as well. They're also playing Riot Fest. Um, Dead Milkman, Youth of Today, Curse. The lineup is awesome for this. Maybe I'll go to this one too. (laughs) Good riddance. Wow. This sounds like I sort of made the lineup for this one. Maybe I did. (laughs) Anyways, so yeah, if you want to go to a cool festival this summer, um, chances are White Lang are playing it. Thanks to Dan Ozzy um, for making this podcast happen. It would not be possible or it would not exist without Dan. So you can check out his writing on Noisy. He's got some things in the work I know about in the works that he's writing that are going to be very amazing. And we're working on some stuff together. And yeah, go to goingofftrack.com. You can donate, help keep this podcast rolling, or you can just leave us a nice review on iTunes, follow us on Twitter. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We will be back next week with another incredible podcast. So we will see you then. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 